0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, September 9th. S&P futures are rallying about 20 points. That is about 65 basis points. They were for sale initially uh, late last night and then earlier this morning. They've since rebounded um, and they are now in the green. NASDAQ had a similar price action directionally sold off and then has rebounded. The uh, magnitude of the rally is much stronger than the S&P. So the S&P futures are up 65 basis points. NASDAQ futures are up 165 basis points. So Rebound rally in U.S. futures, similar in Europe, where you have a rebound rally underway. Also, um, Europe's major indices are up about 65 to 55 basis points. Asia finished lower across the board um, following the sloppy U.S. close uh, yesterday. So that's the price action this morning. Obviously, things are rebounding after a sharp multi-day sell-off. I think those of you who are looking for a reason amid the headlines this morning will not find it. you know, really a very quiet night, very quiet morning in terms of major news. If anything, you could argue the headlines um, skewed slightly negative. The earnings reports out of the US last night were underwhelming. You had two momentum software companies disappoint. Um, and then you had Lululemon's guidance also was underwhelming. You did have a couple of upside pre announcements, uh, Cuervo and then uh, ST, both of which are. Uh, semiconductor component companies, and then MasterCard gave a spending update, echoed a lot of the themes from Visa, just talking about how you've seen a plateauing in consumer spending, which is somewhat encouraging given that the plateauing is occurring despite the $600 of federal unemployment benefits getting shut off. Um, again, none of the news last night really um, you know, should, should dramatically alter anyone's perception of the market. The big headline, which hit after the bell, was AstraZeneca pausing this phase three trial um, you know, the news is not nearly as negative as I think it initially looked. AstraZeneca shares were hit very hard. Initially, it hit the futures last night right when it hit. Um, but I think, you know, overnight, as people kind of uh, put it into perspective, again, obviously not a positive, but I don't think it's nearly, um, you know, it's not all that negative either. So there's no way that anyone should make the conclusion that this candidate is due to fail. This was a single individual that suffered a severe adverse um, outcome from from taking the vaccine in the UK. Um, it actually looks like this, this trial had been halted in the past for a similar reason. So this is not the first time it's occurred. Um, and again, this is one individual out of thousands who have consumed the vaccine. So, you know, I think the process continues. Um, you know, we've heard earlier also in over the last few days that Moderna had slowed its trial as it looked to get an optimal mix in terms of demographics of the people participating. Um, You know, so I think the vaccines are still moving forward. You know, I think the big takeaway is twofold as far as whether or not we're actually going to see conclusively if one of these things works by the end of October. That is the rough consensus assumption in the market that one of these companies will be able to say by the end of October that our vaccine is safe and effective, whether or not the trials are over by then or whether or not the FDA actually hands out um, emergency use, use authorization by the end of October remains to be seen. But the market assumes one of these companies will be able to know and and uh, declare publicly that the vaccine is safe and effective before the election. I think that um, that assumption is probably called into doubt by some of the events that we've been seeing with the vaccines. Like the process may just take a little bit longer and get and get past the election again. Not not terribly shocking. Um, you know, I think more importantly though, there's been a ton of issues, uh, a lot of safety concerns in the public around the. Um, you know, the speed with which the trials are taking place. And there's a lot of reluctance among people to the extent one of these things makes it past the finish line. It gets formal approval. It's out in the market. Um, you know, there's a lot of skepticism about people going out and actually taking it. And I think, you know, to the, a vaccine is only going to be helpful if if people are actually ingesting it and that could help achieve herd immunity. So again, I don't think really the the impacts um, in terms of just underlying uh, macro fundamentals shifts because of the Astro News um, AstraZeneca shares are, are off less than 1% in London. You are seeing selling though in a lot of the, um, you know, vaccine plays. So a lot of the epicenter stocks, so travel, leisure names in Europe are getting hit. Aerospace names are getting hit. Um, you know, I think those are much more sensitive to vaccines and then AstraZeneca is. Um, so that's in terms of all the news items today, that's really it. As far as a broader market, um, You know, again, I think that the sentiment within technology has not been very helpful over the last few days. So, most of the conversations I'm having are with people asking when they should be buying tech, not if they should be buying tech. So, there's still a sense that, um, you know, tech is going to continue leading the market, that this is just a healthy pullback after overbought conditions. But The recent rally is all justified. Fundamentals are very strong, et cetera, et cetera. I think it'd be much more helpful if you saw more anxiety and concern within tech, and that just didn't really happen. So, I think rallies and bounces like like the one we're seeing this morning are to be sold, not chased. Um, You know, I I think the the multiple has uh, dramatically um, overshot. I think what is a sustainable level, um, and that has to kind of um, you know reverse a little bit going forward, which I think the process is underway. So. Um, you know, again, I think I think growlies are to be sold for the at this point in time. Um, in terms of stimulus, so the Senate Republicans are going to be moving forward with their skinny bill. The bill is actually skinnier than it was looking over the last few days. So the headline price tag is 500 billion, but it's actually only 300 billion of incremental spending. They're taking 200 billion from existing stimulus; they're repurposing it for other means under this new bill. Um, so again, I think now, you know, I think the White House is almost kind of on the sidelines. You have to look at now McConnell and Pelosi, and the gap is enormous. With Pelosi asking for two trillion plus, McConnell down at five hundred billion. I think it's just very hard at this point in time to imagine that you're going to get um, a bill passed before the election, a bill passed into Trump's desk before the election. Um, I know there is some talk that stock sell-off over the last few days could help um, uh, form or catalyze a consensus in Washington, I think you'd have to see much, uh, much more dramatic sell-off inequities to really move the needle in terms of, um, you know, reconciling the, the large differences, uh, as far as fiscal stimulus is concerned. Um, so I think, like I said, I think, I think we're looking at something after the election in terms of incremental stimulus. I also though, you know, I, I think markets, um, you know it's hard to really complain that that central banks and fiscal authorities are not doing enough the us is going to have a fiscal deficit this year of 16% of gdp that's enormous and that is without not a single dollar of incremental spending the fed obviously is max accommodation at the moment right now so it's hard to kind of argue that stimulus is really the problem with markets right now um, but I appreciate why you know there's there's definitely some anxiety around fiscal policy. Uh, the ECB is tomorrow. The Fed is next week. There's also some talk that central banks could respond to markets. But again, the central banks are already doing all, pretty much all they can at the moment. Um, you know, the ECB is expected to be a complete non-event tomorrow, um, with the only exception being if Lagarde tries to kind of verbally intervene in FX markets and weaken the euro, um, as the recent euro rally can definitely become a headwind to growth and inflation in the Eurozone. But the ECB is is, is doing essentially all it can as far as asset purchases and rates. Um, and the same really goes for the Fed next week. So you know, I, I know there's a lot of talk about the Fed um, unveiling enforcement actions to kind of um, back up its recent inflation shifts, but that really would only come down to forward guidance. So you already have ZERP in place. They're already conducting very aggressive quantitative easing. The only question is... Um, you know whether or not they provide more formal guidance as far as linking both rates and quantitative easing to the achievement of some type of some type of economic outcome on inflation. Um, unclear if we're going to get that next week um, on Wednesday. So I think investors should temper their expectations as far as incremental central bank actions. They're already doing a lot. Uh, for the calendar today, there's really nothing major um, to kind of note. There's no big economic uh, numbers. You have a couple of smaller earnings reports, but none of them that should really uh, move the market either way. You do have another very busy day of uh, sell-side conferences, so you're going to hear a lot of corporate updates. Um, you know, so far, you know, you haven't seen anything dramatic. Most companies seem to be signaling that Q3 is on track with their prior guidance. Not really shocking. I think that's what most people assumed the message would be. Um, Trump does not have anything on his schedule today. Biden is going to be in Michigan unveiling an economic policy aimed at. China offshoring jobs, et cetera. So obviously, China's become a big theme between both of them. Um, and Biden will now kind of hit back on some of the criticisms that he's been too soft or, or um, uh, to, towards China over the course of his career. And that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.